Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Woke up this morning. Hopped out of my bed. Only good things running through my head. Yeah. Life is good today. Everything going my way. Breeze fly in the sky. Why don't we talk about Hey y'all, it is your girl Miss Yak back with another episode of Girl Talk with Miss Yak. And on tonight's episode, I've got a special guest. All right, Miss Emerson. I'm sorry, I'm getting tongue tied, y'all already. Goodness, Miss Emerson Monroe is my guest tonight, and she is a I don't know if you would say recipient of bipolar disorder because it's, it's kind of like the gift you never asked for. But but we're going to go ahead and dive right on in and we're going to talk about it and talk about her experience with it. And but people who do not have uh, who, people who do not have it, how we can go ahead and help our friends and family members who deal with it. All right. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and bring on in Miss Emerson. Hi. Sorry, I'm a, I grew up in a very um, nonverbal communicating family, so I use my hands a lot. So, oh, hey, I talk with my hands too. So, you are okay with me. All right. All right. It's <laughs> awesome. so weird doing all this. So, awesome. Yes. Nice to meet you. Nice to be Likewise. here. Thank you. Likewise. It's nice to have you on my show. Now, although I have never, to my knowledge anyway, I've never known anyone to have bipolar disorder. I have known people who suffer from depression. Okay. Um, and but I haven't known anyone to suffer from bipolar disorder to my knowledge anyway. No one's ever disclosed that to me. But I want and it, it is something that I've always kind of been kind of curious about because you know, I see the TV shows and the documentaries and whatnot, you know. And of course, with some of that stuff, you can take it with a grain of salt, right? Some of it, yeah. Right. Um, and so I've always been kind of curious about it. Um, so for you, for you, how how old were you when you were diagnosed with bipolar disorder? Uh, six weeks before my thirtieth birthday. Oh, it was, wow! It was, and I will tell you this: you made the comment, the gift that you never asked for. That diagnosis date, I celebrate as a birthday. It was oh. a new. It was a new lease on life. It was a new everything for me because questions that had hadn't had answers for 12 years since I started suffering all of a sudden answers were coming out of the woodwork and I was like oh my goodness you mean there's an answer you mean there's a fix there's a pill there's a something we can try and everyone was like yeah and I was like let's do it let's fix this let's get better that's interesting so you were just going through you know the symptoms for years not knowing what was wrong with you, what was going on with you, like what, what I, you knew something was off, obviously, yeah. but you just didn't know what it was. So yeah. how long did you have to suffer before you were diagnosed? Um, 
Well, I was 15 when I had my first bouts of depression. Mm-hmm. I was 16 when I went to my mother and said, Mom, something's not right. I don't belong on this earth in this way, and I'm going to make it stop. Oh, my gosh. To which my mother was like, stop being a bitch. Just go away. She she was at work. She's like, I can't do this right now. And when I got home, when she got home, she was like, are you better yet? Oh, my goodness. Oh, me and my mom are um, no contact for very good reasons. But um, so I was like, okay, nothing's wrong. I'm just moody. And I went like that for another three years until I had my first manic episode, which is what defines the difference between depression and bipolar is those mm-hmm. manias. And then I was sick for like six weeks and I got better, which is the hallmark of it. You get sick, you get better, you get sick, you get better, and you can't figure out why. Yeah. And then I met my husband and by the grace of something beyond me, he stayed. Um, And we've been together, it'll be 28 years in about six weeks. And he's like, we got married and we were about to have kids and he's like what is wrong with you we had just bought a house everything was going great and I was a disaster Mm. and I went to the doctor and she's like I'm like you're just gonna tell me I'm moody and I'm a crybaby that's what you're going to tell me and he started answering the questionnaire she gave him he hands it back to her she's like this is so far from being a moody crybaby she's like honey you have bipolar we can help you and I just was like whoosh Years because to suffer for 13, 14 years without answers is really complex and scary for everybody involved. And the thing I got when I told my mother, she's like, can't you just snap out of it? And she snapped her fingers. I was like, no, that's kind of the point, mom. It's all in my head and I have to fix what's in my head. Wow. Yeah. So is there anyone else in your family that you know of who also has it? Yes, on my mom's side, um, I had a great aunt who was very symptomatic and unmedicated. And the longer you go unmedicated, the crazier the symptoms become, Mm. the more intense. And um, I think there's new studies that show the longer you go unmedicated, the more your brain is actually damaged physically by the lack of brain chemistry, the imbalance. Um, I would, I want to research that before I say definitely it's this, this, and this, but um, mm-hmm. the older you get with bipolar and you're non-medicated, these symptoms kind of just stack up and you go less time without being symptomatic and more time symptomatic, I've seen. Wow. See, I did not know that it had a significant impact on the brain. So it does, Yeah. Um, I have a friend whose mom is bipolar. And her mom is in her early to mid seventies, is not able to live on her own anymore. Oh wow! She and she won't medicate, but because of that, my friend is like, "You're totally different than my mom," because I am exceptionally med compliant. Like for me, my meds are the reason I can function. They're the reason I have my two kids. They're the reason my marriage is still here. They're the reason I'm able to work as an artist. So that little pill I take every night is a godsend to me. And Mm. when people say, oh, I'd rather, I'm not as creative. I'm like, no, I'm not as creative as when I'm not medicated, but I'm also sane and able to pay my bills and I eat 
I shower, yeah. I do all the things I'm supposed to do. And if I don't take that pill, I don't. So it's it's really complex, but really simple at the same time. Wow. So when you've been on the, the pills for so long, let's say for example, what if something happens and you miss it a day or two, or, you know, is, is the, are the episodes like almost immediate or do you have to, is it have to get out of your system for a while? Um, it depends on the medications you're taking. Um, old school was lithium salts and those you had to take daily and you could have, it would stay in your system um, a little longer. I take mine daily and I have a couple days if I miss, but I have a med reminder on my phone. So at 8 p.m. every night it goes off and it says, hey, go take your meds. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go take my meds. And I go take my pill and I come back to doing whatever I was doing. Okay. Uh, I've been through med shifts. I've been through drugs that don't work. Um, for me, lithium does not work. Um, back when I was on it 12 years ago, 70% of bipolar patients see results with lithium salts. Okay. So the fact I'm med resistant, my bipolar is med resistant. I have to take um, more, uh, they're called atypical antipsychotics and mood stabilizers instead of just the lithium or just Lamictal or just something less intense. But, um, okay. So, okay. So that's, that's interesting. So, cause I, I would imagine there are different types of meds out there and you have to go through that trial and error phase to find out what works for you. And you said they call it med resistant because the the typical medication that they would get used does not work on you. Is that correct? Correct. Um, now, I, w I don't know if I'm still med resistant because um, they, in the last, I'm approaching 50. So in the last 20 years, they've come out with a lot of new medications, okay. um, a lot of new mood stabilizers, one of which is the one I'm taking now. And I'm really lucky. It works amazing. Um, I was taking two mood stabilizers and an antidepressant and a med for my ADHD a year ago. Today, I'm on one pill and one for my ADHD. It took away three pills with one. Nice. Yeah. Um, if anyone out there, I'm going to make a plug for something, if that's okay. Please, go ahead. If you're suffering from uh, bipolar and you get a medication you can't afford, go tape that medication in.com. You'll find coupons so you can get your meds cheaper. Sweet. Okay, y'all. Yeah. That works with every pill, by the way. It's just they happen to put me on name brands right now that don't have generics, and that's how I afford my meds. Okay, so tell it, say that one more time. If they got to go do what in the, on, the, on the website, on the internet? Okay, say you're, I take Vrelar. Uh-huh. So you say your doctor says, hey, you're bipolar. I want to start you on this new medication, Vrelar. You take that, you take Vrelar.com, and it will bring you to the page, which is their ad, but they also have coupons that get you your medications for $15 a month instead of $700 a month. Nice. Definitely. Okay. That works with bipolar meds that works with heart meds that works with all the name brand drugs that you don't have access to unless you have those coupons and that's how you find the coupons i love it i love it okay Ooh, y'all if y'all listening and watching she putting y'all on game okay there's a couple other great ways to do it but i won't plug businesses because i don't get paid advertising 
Yes, I don't either at this point. So we'll, we'll, we'll let them make their own money somewhere else. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. All right. So dealing with bipolar disorder, how has that affected you with your, your social life? It's very isolating. Um, not everybody is as accepting as they say, oh, I love, I, I'm accepting, I'm accepting. Um, I've had friends that would be at my house. They've sat with me over a glass of wine. We've made jokes, we've done this, we've gone and seen movies. And then one day I was confessing, I say confessing because I was like, yeah, I'm bipolar and I'm having a rough patch right now. I'm very mm -hmm. cognizant and I know not everyone can handle rough patches with mood disorders. So I'm like, hey, and I'll isolate because not everybody needs to be part of that. Mm -hmm. And I was talking with my good friends. I was no longer in the friend group six weeks later. It's like, oh, it affects, no. um, I don't work because when I get sick, I can't work. So I'm technically disabled by like federally disabled. Um, I'm really lucky that I can function and my husband is able to support us, but that's why I will say I'm a privileged, mentally ill patient. I have access that a lot of people don't have access to, which is why I want to talk about it, because maybe I can take those little gems and pearls that people have given me and yeah. get them out there so others can have access to them freely. Mm, mm, and I appreciate it. I'm sure that, you know, there are, you know, hundreds of thousands of people out there that would also appreciate it as well, because you're right. It is not easy when, you know, to get the help you need when you don't have the insurance benefits and whatnot. And there's a lot of people that are out there suffering because of it unnecessarily. Um, so yeah, whatever gems that you can drop in here to help the, the, the public, hey, by all means, feel free to do so. Um, yeah. I'm just, you know, that's, that's interesting. You mentioned, you know, how you lost friends because of your diagnosis. Now, when you, when these friends decided to peace out or, you know, or whatnot, was, I mean, did you display any like, you know, aggressive behavior or, you know, just out of the norm behavior towards them? No. Um, I'm really good. My mom um, was really cognizant of the image she portrayed in life. So I was told, as long as you're okay outside the front door, you're okay. If you're cracking inside your house, that's okay. So I'm really good at putting out a good front and holding it up for a long time until it cracks. And I was like, wow. I'd been friends with them for a couple of years. I was like, you know what? It's time to let them behind the veil, so to speak, mm -hmm. or behind the door. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sick. I wasn't symptomatic. I was just saying, oh, the other day I was having a rough day and I, I'd stayed in bed a little long and I took my shower quickly. I didn't, you know, I was not feeling the best. Yeah. And it didn't go over so well. And I was like, part of me is like, you know what? That's the blessing. Yeah. Because they weren't your real friends to begin with. No, right? they weren't. And I'm like, you know, that's okay. I found right. it's a litmus test. Yeah. So was there ever even a conversation or they just kind of just ghosted you? They ghosted me. That is insane. They were still on my Facebook, but every time I'd offer to go out to lunch or something, the plans fell through. Wow. And I was like, I did it twice and I watched it happen twice. And I was like, you know what? I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to be the token 
Perfect yeah. Psycho Insane Person. That's the name of the podcast. I'm not going to do that. Wow. Wow. Okay. You said you were starting a podcast, right? So what's the name of your podcast? Oh, you're going to laugh. Perfect Psycho Insane. <laughs> okay. That's cute. <laughs> I'm a photographer and I did an art project based on my bipolar to finish my VFA. Okay. And it um, came about because I was, I had a name badge that said psycho and it was the mm -hmm. running joke of my house between me and my husband. Um, Cause if nothing, I will poke fun at everything I do crazy. Okay. And, um, like I'll poke fun at the fact that I have, you can see journals behind me that are mostly empty because I, every time I fill one, I replace it with a new one. And then I just, the filled ones get boxed up, but the new ones stay out because they're still clean and pretty. <laughs> and I collect things that I don't need to collect and stuff like that. And um, so it's really weird as I was blogging one day, someone's like, you ought to share this. And I'm like, well, it's a blog. Of course I'm sharing it. And they're like, no, with your voice and vocalize mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Like, someone wants to listen to me ramble like my diary. They're like, yeah, it might be kind of interesting. That's what I've heard, and I'm like, well, let's give it a go. So when I was doing the perfect psycho insane project, it's the label, and my husband, my friend was talking to me about. It. She's like, just use that. It's perfect. It's so polarizing. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky. In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slots games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus which is so funny because of what bipolar is i'm like Okay, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> wow, that is interesting. So now, all right, so you said you, you got diagnosed 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so you are a full-grown adult by the time you got diagnosed and find out, hey, there's a, there's a, something, there's a, a remedy to what I'm going through. There's I've got answers now. And yeah. now you've got kids. Yeah. So how is it like being bipolar, a, a, a bipolar mother? Oh, um, I would, I carry guilt because we think my daughter has it. We oh. think, and I'm, I feel, I'm like, well, we don't know if she has depression. And I was like, it's clinical and I know it's a chemical imbalance and I know there's nothing I could have done because we wanted children. Um, I worry so much for it. Did I say the right thing? Did I do the right thing? Did I step in something? Did I make a mistake that's going to traumatize my child long term? Yeah. That's where I worry because I carry a lot of childhood trauma. And so I worry about parenting. Like um, when I want to say what's running through my head, I have to take a moment and I have to go, nope, we're going to breathe. 
We're going to take a mindfulness 30 seconds, 60 seconds. We're just going to breathe and ground ourselves before we open our mouth and say something that's going to hurt this little being because that's what I was raised with. Yeah. So um, working on mindfulness is my journey at the moment. Um, Okay. But I have said and done things I regret with my kids and then I apologize. And I'm like, I am actually one of those moms. I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. That was not a good example to set for you. So I apologize. And we're going to both try to do better. Yeah. So are they still um, little kids? I have a, a 12 and a half year old son and a 16 year old daughter. Oh, okay. Okay. So do they know that mom has, is bipolar? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No secrets in the house. Okay. Um, I feel it empowers them to say it when I say mom's not feeling good. I'm having a mood episode. They're like, okay, mom's just brain chemistry's off. Mom's having an issue. Mom's dealing with this issue. And it doesn't impact, like it'll impact them, but it's not something they can correct. And they know that because it's not something they did. It's not something they're in charge of. It's all mine. And I want to give them that power that says, nope, mom's having a mood. Like I had a migraine for three days and then last night and I was just moody and tired. I was like, stop. No noise. And I'm like, but it's not you. It's totally me in this situation. It's a lot of owning your behavior as a mom. It's like, eh. Wow. I applaud you for that. I applaud you for one, being cognitive of your mood changes and two, being, you know, empathetic enough to what your children and your husband are going through to, you know, kind of try to save them from having to, you know, be damaged in a sense from it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, There are times I want to say something to my daughter. She spilled a gallon of milk last night. She was moving something in the fridge, and the brand-new gallon of milk just hit the floor, cracked open, milk everywhere. And she's like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, are we cleaning it up? Yes. I've got the mop, you've got the rags, your brother's got the carpet cleaner. We're all as a team. We're okay. She's like, I know, but it's so upsetting. And I'm like, if you weren't helping, I'm not going to guilt you when you're already feeling guilt yourself. That's that's a, that's a not something I can stop. Yeah. But don't feel guilty. We all have accidents. I'm like, just make sure next time you do it this way instead of that way, and we'll be okay. Well, wow. Look at you. All grown up. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I'm a, that's the running joke of the house. I grew up when I got diagnosed. It gave me tools to um, start dealing with a lot of the baggage and the issues from my childhood. Mm-hmm. And I'm much better with the diagnosis than I was before. Interesting. Interesting. So you said you and your mom, you don't speak. Right. So was this before or after your diagnosis? Much later, about 10 years after my diagnosis, um, my mom was getting older and her behavior was becoming more unpredictable. And instead of just rallying her abuse to me, one night she targeted my daughter. Mm. And I was like, I looked at my husband, I said, please tell me I misunderstood that, I misconstrued that, I didn't hear her right. And he's like, no, you absolutely heard her right, because I heard it too. And about five weeks later, we went no contact. I was like, I'm done. Like, I cannot risk my baby going through what you put me through. Mm. I broke trauma. 
I broke the generational abuse or neglect or however you want to phrase what she did. I am not going to give that to my child through you. Yeah. We're going to stop. And Mama Bear took over. So, I applaud you. I, I do. I, I applaud you for that. I, I, I really do. Because it, it does take a lot to be able to, you know, see, okay, this is what that did to me. This is how it affected me. And I do not want my child to be affected in the same way. And to yeah. be able to cut off those ties, those familial ties, which can be hard because it is your mom. Right. So it's not something that you want to do, but it's like, you know what, I have to put my my health and my children's health, you know, in safety before everybody else. And that's what you have to do as a mom. Um, Her, I will say her family because they're not mine. Don't talk to me either. I lost the entire side of my family. Wow. That is insane. I was the broken one, not her. And I'm like, okay. There's, I, I realized there was nothing I was going to say, I was going to do, nothing I could convince them that it wasn't anything I'd done. Um, they believed her over me, and I was like, you know what? Who's, what's, when am I going to lose, and when am I going to benefit? Yeah. And I was like, if I walk and we cut ties, my daughter doesn't get abuse. My mm-hmm. daughter doesn't end up, as a 30-year-old, on a therapist's couch going, I can't figure out why my grandma used to love me and now doesn't love me or this or that. And I was like, she doesn't need that. She deserves so much better. She deserves all the best. Why would I let this happen? And I was like, for me, I take the abuse and I'd be like, whatever. I was used to it. Mm-hmm. But when she turned it on my daughter, um, there's a running joke in the house. My daughter looks like me. Like, I would show pictures and they're like, is that you or is that your kid? I'm like, no, that one's me. That's my kid. <laughs> and it just, she was targeting my daughter because she looked like me. And I was like, no, like I'm right here. You can face me and say it to me, but you may not use my daughter. You may wow. not. Wow. So. And it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, because earlier you had mentioned how your mom was all about appearances. So it's like, you know, Whatever, do whatever you got to do in, in the, the privacy of the home. But once we go out that door, you better straighten up and fly right. Oh, yeah. And, and here's I me. Mean, mental health just doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. I, I'm like, you can't just turn it off and on. I mean, unless you're medicated, then that helps. But, you know, with mental health, I mean, you have to have someone to talk to. You have to have you know, that guidance and that assistance, uh, medication if necessary. You got to have to have that support system to, you know, get through those rough, those rough patches. So for you to have grown up for so long without it and, and still be here today to talk about it, that is commendable because yeah. there are, you know, individuals out there who are suffering, you know, in silence and they don't have that support system and they they don't make it. No, they don't. You know, and so that is and that's heartbreaking, you know, um, to, to know because children, I mean, oh, my goodness, children are committing suicide. I I mean, I think there was one time it was years ago, the first time I heard of an eight year old committing suicide because they were depressed. And I was like, I mean, that killed me. And I'm like, I'm not, it made me pause and look at my kids. I'm like, are you guys OK? Like, are you really OK? Yeah. You know? So 
I, I, I do. I, I commend you. I applaud you for, you. you know, making it this far and being as successful as you are in managing it. Thank you. That's that's my job. I take that. I'll say that that's my job is managing my bipolar. Like, wow. like what job skills do you have? And I'm like, can't put that on a resume. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> not. <laughs> not a good look. Um. <laughs> But I got, re- I'll say I got really lucky because I have my husband yeah. and he's like, he held my hand through all of it. He's like, something's got to give. We're going to get you help. There's something out there that's going to help. And he just stuck with me. Um, we all have therapists, all four of us. We each have our own therapist. Oh, okay. Huge proponent of talk therapy. If you're not getting it, um, please find a way to get it if you need it. Like. Mm as a general comment, um, journaling that helps get it out before I get it to my therapist. Like, Hey, this is what happened on Tuesday. And I know I don't see you till Friday. So let me tell you about it. What happened last Tuesday. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I was listening to your episode from last week about self-sabotage. Oh, okay. And if it's, well, it's this week for me. (laughs) Yeah. I um it's the it was commendable. You have to own your stuff. Own yeah. your stuff. And that was what that makes it different. You have to own it. And that's where I'm at right now in my journey. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I'm so glad that you're able to get a little gem from one of my other episodes. That is awesome. No, I think um podcasts give a lot. There's a lot. And the reason um, I wanted to do it is because when you're alone in the dark and you don't see a light, sometimes all you'll hear is a little voice. Mm-hmm. And maybe that little voice will help you find the light switch. Yeah. And yeah. or just sitting with you in the dark is enough sometimes. Yeah. Just knowing you're not alone. Somebody else is there with you. Yeah, that makes a world of difference. It really, really does. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you have your village, you know. Even though it is just the four of you, that is your village, right? I have a couple of good friends outside. Most of my friends know I have bipolar. Okay. I don't I don't hide it from them because I was like, well, if you're gonna walk, let's use it as a reason to make you walk. Like if you don't want to sit there and handle this, this is part of a package. Yeah. It Take is. it or leave it. Take me or leave me. And if you're gonna leave me, just leave me where you left me. Don't make it worse. But I, w- I would imagine that's helped you to 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 make some stronger friendships. Oh, absolutely. Like um, my friend who has a bipolar mother, I'll call her and I'll be like, how are you doing? She's like, no one gets it. I'm like, I get it. Tell me how you're doing and I will listen because I know. And yeah. it gives me a framework that when I go out to deal with my 16-year-old, it reframes how I approach all of her issues too. Mm. So it's a give and a take. I think that's what good friendships and good bonds do. You give, you take, you, you fill in the gaps where your friends have holes and just make each other better. For sure. Now with your daughter, you said you think that she may have it. Do you guys have plans to go ahead and and try to get her like tested or or anything or Um, do that questionnaire? um, She has a psychiatrist. And what we did is instead of medicating depression with, an antidepressant, we went with a mood stabilizer instead. That way in case, 
because if you're bipolar and you take an antidepressant and that's all you take, it takes away the depression aspect, but it doesn't take away the manias. It makes them worse. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. So when you, we wanted to make sure that if she's got depression, it's controlled, but we don't want to spike a manic episode. So she takes a mood stabilizer instead. Okay. And her doctor was very concerned when I said, I'm not sure I want her on a straight antidepressant because of this. And um, it's a lot of advocating for yourself, what works for you. Mm -hmm. It's teaching her to advocate for herself and what works for her when I'm not there because she's 16 and 18 months, I'm not going to be allowed in the room anymore. Oh, wow. When she turns yeah. 18, they're like, no, she's 18. You're out. I'm like, okay. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's good. Those are good, good life skills that she needs to have. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, okay. she, um, she takes a drug called Abilify or Aripiprazole. It's a mood stabilizer and works on depression too. So she's doing okay. That's awesome. Oh, so my God. So proud of I'm, I'm proud of all of you. Oh, Emerson, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ms. Nyack. I, oh, of course. You have been amazing to talk with. Thank you. Oh, thank you for coming and sharing your story. Oh, Absolutely. My, I'm, I'm like, I've been blinking back tears for <laughs> this whole episode. <laughs> because, because, I mean, it, it really, you your story has really touched me. It really has. Because, like I said, it all goes back to, you know, kids, you know, getting that help and support, you know, at a young age. And when they don't get it, then we end up losing them. And for you to be, I mean, you're a survivor. You are truly a survivor. And I commend you for that. And I applaud you for that. And I'm so grateful that you are still here to tell your story and to break that cycle that you saw in your family, that dysfunctional cycle. Right. Yeah. So I, I am. I thank, thank you. you so much for coming on. All my listeners and viewers out there, um, who are watching again, please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can catch your dose of Girl Talk with Miss Yak every Tuesday and Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And also, please, please, please be on the lookout for Emerson's podcast coming soon. So please tell us what is the name of that podcast again? The podcast is Perfect Psycho Insane. And if you want, I'll even show you how we got the name. Okay. We're perfect psycho and in, oh, perfect psycho. <laughs> oh, wow. This okay. is the art project. It's a journal. Awesome. So, Very cute. sorry, I'm standing up. I'm not in the right position. I apologize. Very out. cute. Very cute, y'all. Okay. Well, thank you again so much for tuning thank in you. for everybody. Again, like I say all the time, hey, I need you guys to help me continue to bring you what you want. So don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on all your uh, streaming platforms so you can get your dose of Girl Talk with Miss Yak at your fingertips. Until next time, y'all be good now.